encouraging, inspiring, and empowering mothers on their parenting journey. Welcome to the Oh Baby podcast. Being a mum can be overwhelming and unrelenting, we know. Each episode, we'll be bringing you the top tips, advice, and words of wisdom from experts and industry leaders to help you navigate your own path. It's the information you can trust. Mama, you got this. This episode is brought to you by H&M. Welcome back to the Oh Baby podcast with the lovely Grace Strange, midwife and founder of Practical Parenting Antenatal, plus the co-host of the Oh Baby Antenatal online class, which you'll find on our website at obaby.co.nz. Today, we're going to be chatting about all things labor and birth. So Grace, do you want to give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself, what you do? Um, and how you came to be in this industry. <laughs> I thought you were going to say how you came to be in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what qualifies you to be? Amazing. <laughs> off? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I am a midwife. I, I've, I've technically been a midwife for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Although the first five years of that, I worked overseas as a maternity nanny. And then I came back to New Zealand and have worked um, primarily as a hospital midwife. Mm-hmm. Um, for the last five years um, doing everything from water births all the way through to elective c-sections um, and I also run practical parenting antenatal classes um, which we started to give people just really awesome non-biased fun practical antenatal education <laughs> which we love doing and we have loved um, teaming up with Obani to do our beautiful online course. Yeah, we love having you, and it's really hard to find non-bias in in this parenting. It's I just think it's so unfair. Mm. Like, who is anyone to tell you how to birth your baby? Yeah, or make you feel guilty for having an epidural or a C-section if that is genuinely what feels the safest and how you want to birth your baby. You should be able to birth it however you like. I really think it's the one kind of area of life that has the strongest opinions because I guess the stakes are so high. It's the most important thing that will happen in most people's lives. Yeah. Um, And everyone has such a unique experience, therefore a unique perspective. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But it's also, you know, it's such a life changing event. Um, and yes, you're right. Everyone just feels the need to throw all of their opinions at you. But it's also the beginning of your parenting journey, which also has a lot of opinions. <laughs> so, so it's like your intro. <laughs> into the next- pregnancy. Yes. It gets worse and worse the older your child gets. It's like, welcome to the next 18 years of your life. <laughs> um, yeah, so today we're going to be chatting about labor and birth. Um, obviously a huge topic. Um, I know for myself when I was a first-time mum the actual labor occupied most of my thoughts you know Mm. having a baby was way off in the distance it was you know how is the labor gonna go what's my birth gonna be like you know what's gonna happen that was the the biggest part of it for me Um, taking care of the baby was something that was 
you know, oh, that would just kind of almost take care of itself, <laughs> um, which I now know now was the, probably the wrong way to look at it. Um, but today I'd really like to unpack the birth process and talk about each stage and what to expect from a typical birth. Um, but perhaps as we go along, highlight some areas where things can get tricky or changes to a birth plan may occur. Uh, so let's kick off with the later stages of pregnancy, uh, coming up with a birth plan, what are some important things to consider in terms of pain relief options, birthing locations, things like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So I think it's um, really important to firstly, with you and your birthing support person, to really think about what is your, like, what is your ideal? Like, you're allowed to think about that. What's your ideal? How do you really want this to go? And um, does it want, do you want it to be in water? Do you want to have an epidural? Do you know that you want to have an elective C-section? And probably right from the beginning, you kind of need to think about this a little bit earlier in your pregnancy because that will determine who your LMC will be. So LMC is your lead maternity carer. So that's either a midwife or an obstetrician. So if you know that you passionately want a water birth at your home, mm -hmm. then you, can, you will not employ an obstetrician to do that because they will not come to your home to do a birth they only do births at a hospital um, but even if you have a midwife LMC lots of them don't do home births so you need to have these conversations quite early in your pregnancy and make sure that you do have the right LMC um, and you may need a change throughout your pregnancy and that's okay mm -hmm. <clears throat> you need to basically try and find a midwife as soon as you get pregnant right oh my gosh literally the second you find out like don't even tell your partner yeah. Just, <laughs> just call it a midwife or an obstetrician to try and find it. No, do tell your partner. But um, you really, they book out so fast. And yeah, you really need to find one literally the second you find out. Don't wait for six weeks. But yeah, just get into one as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of uh, what you need to... Uh, important in terms of pain relief, birth locations. So birth locations we talked about. Um, you've in terms, you also have um, like a primary birthing unit. So you, you've got three locations: your home, mm -hmm. your pri there's a primary primary birthing unit, and there's a hospital. Mm -hmm. So a primary birthing unit is somewhere that's kind of in between your home and the hospital. So they um, have they usually have things like. Um, Internox, which is gas in air, they usually have pools. Um, so they're kind of like an in-between uh, phase. And so some people like want the home birthing experience, but don't feel comfortable enough to do it at home. So that might be a place where you want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. And so, you know, we've gotten through the later stages of pregnancy. We've got a birth plan in place. Uh, how do you actually know when you're in labor and what are the kind of stages that you take? Yes. At very early stage. Yeah. So it's such a good question. It's like the top three questions <laughs> we get in antenatal classes is how do you know you're in labor? When do you call your LMC? And when do you know when to go to the hospital? Yes. Um, which is very good questions. <laughs> so um, you will do your birth plan with your LMC and probably the like, the last four to five weeks of your pregnancy. Um, so in terms of when you know that you're in labor, a textbook would be that you've been contracting for one minute. Your contraction lasts for about 60 seconds. 
They come every five minutes and you've been doing that for about an hour. So that is a textbook and definitely not everybody is a textbook. <laughs> so, but the point of it is that your labor is getting into a pattern and it's increasing, your contractions are increasing in their length, strength and intensity over time. And how would you describe the feeling of a contraction? Um, well, I've never had one. <laughs> but from what I've seen and what I can tell, it's like it's like a wave, right? So it starts and it builds and, and its intensity and strength over time. And then it eases off. Um, also, how, how about how did you find them? What would you say? Oh, yeah. So I remember being very confused by like how I would know when I was there. Um, yeah. and having been through it, I would yeah. just you just know. You yeah. know when you're yeah. in labor. Like yeah. it hurts like hell. Yeah. And yeah. Someone was like, what if I take Panadol? Then I won't then I won't, <laughs> won't know. You're definitely in there. <laughs> it felt like period pain. Yes. You know, coming in waves. Yeah. yeah. And some people find it more in their back, some people find it more in their tummy. Um, yeah, but I think the main, the key points are that it's increasing in its intensity. I don't, did you find that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that there's a bit of a passion-ish to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so in terms of like when to call your LMC and when to go to the hospital, those are two really key important conversations you need to have in that birth plan chat mm -hmm. because they are all different. Some of them want you to call like the first contraction you have. Others are like, don't call me until you've been contracting for three hours. Um, so, and then in terms of going to the hospital, you will make a plan with them on when to go. Most cases, you won't just turn up. You will have talked to somebody before you go in there. Because the idea is to um, stay at home for as long as possible, right? That's what most people suggest. Yeah, so if you're wanting to have like a, normal vaginal delivery then yeah if you can stay at home for as long as you can and um, yeah that's generally the plan I always I always say to women that you you know part of you knows when you need to go you know when you start to feel unsafe at home or you know that you need that extra support from somebody else and yeah. um, so yeah just really listening to your intuition as well is important Probably also kind of depends how far away you are from where you're birthing as well, right? Very good point. And also a com that's part of your conversation that you would have had with your LMC as well. And also the time of day, like, is it peak hour traffic? You know, okay. different things to consider. Yeah. I always imagine birth happening in the dead of the night, but of course it probably happens, <laughs> you know, at all times. All times. A lot of it does happen in the nighttime, to be yeah. fair. But yeah, it can happen. Yeah. Why does it always happen in the middle of the night? I think, I think that it's evolutionary. Like if you think about it in the old days, this is my theory. Anyway, <laughs> like in the daytime, like everyone is out, like dads were hunting and gathering and women were out hunting and gathering. And there just was a lot going on. And at nighttime, even in our lives now, there's so much going on in the daytime. But in the nighttime, it's like quiet and still and you can have like all of the attention, all of the help you know, the baby gets all of the focus, uh, you know, I think that's the reason. <laughs> that's also, if you've got other kids, they're in bed asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like worry about yeah. I think you're onto something. Thank you. Yeah. Um, now let's run through the actual stages of labor. So there are three, right? Three main yeah. stages. Yes. 
so let's let's start off with stage one what stage to expect one. what's happening yeah so stage one so there's one two and three so stage one is basically all of your labor that is your zero centimeters to your 10 centimeters and that is broken down into three sub uh, stages mm -hmm. so you've got your early labor which is your zero to three centimeters three or four centimeters what's happening in this stage is that your cervix is what we call um, a facing before and dilating mm -hmm. so before it starts dilating it needs to efface which means that it gets shorter a normal cervix is about two or three centimeters long and quite thick um, and so that early labor phase, it is shortening and then will start to open. Mm -hmm. So this is your really random contractions. They're a little bit all over the show. There's no real pattern to them. Um, you're definitely going to be at home. Um, you, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, they're just all a little bit random. For some people, they miss this whole phase altogether. Their wow. body just do it for them like now like while they're wandering around oh my gosh for people I know lucky them <laughs> for other people oh. first it takes like 24 hours yeah. for them to be in their space um so that's your like we call that like 1a so your early labor then 1b is your active labor so this is what we were talking about before you're in those regular contractions um they've got a pattern you know you've like you're really into it you know you're in labor <laughs> So you definitely, in my opinion, need to have called your LMC by this one. Okay. If you know that you want an epidural, now's the time to go. Um, if you're gonna have a baby in a hospital, also now is in this time is to go um, as well. Um, and then you've got your 1C, which is your transition. So this is the most um, intense time of your labor. So it usually doesn't last that long. It's probably like the shortest phase of all of the, the first stage um, phases of labor mm -hmm. but it's the most intense so you um generally have contractions that are like a little bit on top of each other or um you know that you might feel sick you might vomit you're totally over it you want all of the drugs <laughs> you want a c-section you want to go home <laughs> you just like want to tap out but it's actually um a really cool sign for us as midwives because we know that you're you know you're nearing the end of your latter part and we're going to get into the pushing part soon. At H&M you'll find everything from maternity wear to newborn clothing essentials. H&M's baby collection offers cute styles and cosy basics that are not only kind to baby sensitive skin but also to the environment. You'll find the softest, most comfortable clothing that's been carefully crafted with your baby's safety and comfort in mind. Discover H&M's baby range at your nearest H&M store today. It must be such an interesting perspective, you know, like seeing someone just really doing it tough, but secretly excited because you know they're going to meet their baby yeah. soon. Yeah, totally. But they I know. They're, they're just... I know, they're like, you know, having such a time and we're like, yes, <laughs> almost there. Um, so yeah, that's your whole first stage, right? We just did that in like 30 seconds. <laughs> um, um, and then you get to your birth, which is your second stage. Right. Um, so for first time mums, that's up to two hours of pushing. And it's really like a little bit of two steps forward, one step back as the baby comes through the birth canal. It's got to do a bit of twisting 
to navigate all your bones and your pelvis and things like that. So lots of people feel really scared about this part, Mm. but it's actually a super empowering time because instead of having to like cope through your labor pains and like breathe and, you know, do all that stuff, you can actually do something with your pain. And so you get a contraction and then you push with the contraction and yeah so lots of people find that really empowering and and like you know they're doing something different they're like you know every contraction is one step closer to their baby and how did you find that part of your labor uh look we'd have to have probably a three-hour conversation (laughs) to um go through my labor um ended in an emergency c-section right yeah wasn't part of the plan but I did push for a couple of hours um and did yeah. You find it yeah. So like you were saying, the first part of labor feels like it's just happening to you and there's nothing you can do about it. You, you know, it's a little bit like a, having a tummy bug. It's just, you know, the waves of, you know, yeah. being back sure. yeah. and there's just nothing you can do to escape the feeling. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. When it comes time to pushing, you're like, finally, I have some control over the situation. Yes. Yeah, good. I've never heard it described like a tummy bug. Well, <laughs> I recently had gastro and I said to my husband, this is worse than labor. Oh, so, good. That's yeah. good. So that's your pushing phase. Um, and so that's the second part of labor. And then the third part is the delivery of your placenta. So there's two ways in which that can be born. If you've had a totally, um, like everything's been no intervention at all and everything's okay with mum and baby, um, we have what's called physiological um, management of the delivery of the placenta, which means that the baby um, is usually on mum's chest with the cord still attached to it, attached to the placenta, which is still inside of mum. And we just wait until the placenta decides to separate on its own, which can usually take up to an hour. Or um, in most cases, it's delivered at what we call actively, um, where mum will get an injection in her thigh um, and the placenta will be, after the baby's born, and the placenta will be delivered within three to five minutes after that. This, yeah. That was also another point that concerned me, worried me, like, oh my gosh, you've just given birth, now you have to do this part. Yes. But, um, I don't know about in your experience, but it's kind of like a non-event right because you've finally got your baby and oh yeah 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 and you've like just pushed out this baby which has like bones and things <laughs> you out the placenta which is like the size it's like the size of a dinner plate usually um but it has got no bones in it it's just kind of like folds up on itself and just gently comes out you might be asked to like cough or do a, like a tiny little push okay. but um you won't even know that it's coming out you're also right. super distracted because you've got your beautiful new baby on yeah. you as well but yeah you're right um and can we just talk a little bit about for our c-section mamas yes. what are their options in terms of um delayed cord clamping and skin to skin are there kind of more options available for that now absolutely so delayed cord clamping is is general practice these days so delayed cord clamping is not clamping the cord um, as soon as the baby is born Mm -hmm. so we generally want to wait till the cord has stopped pulsating which is in those first few minutes so that the baby gets all of those extra red blood cells, stem cells, all of that goodness into them. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a vaginal birth, they try and do that. In a C-section birth, 
um, I know from working at Auckland Hospital and um, that we do a minute of delayed cord clamping. So bub comes out, you know, you do the whole Lion King thing, show it, to, show the baby to mum, and then we wait for a good minute. And okay. so baby can get all of that goodness. Nice. In terms of skin to skin, um, vaginal birth um, babies will get skin to skin straight away, straight away if everything's okay with mum and baby. Um, and they usually get it for at least an hour. We try and keep mums and bubs together for at least an hour. Um, and in terms of C-sections, in my experience at Auckland Hospital, we do um, skin to skin almost straight away. So we get the babies, we dry them down, and then within three to five minutes, baby is back skin to skin with mum in theatre, on the table, warm blankets, um, you know, all of that lovely stuff for, you know, a good 10, 15, 20 minutes. So this is where your support person can be a real advocate for you um, if that's something that's not happening. Yes. Um, I mean, if the baby needs oxygen or whatever, then that's something different. But, um, you know, you can advocate for some skin to skin. In that time, you also will get heaps of skin to skin when you go around to recovery. So in recovery, you'll do that good skin to skin for an hour. You'll do a breastfeed, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the reason skin to skin is so important is because it helps um, regulate their temperature, their blood sugars, their heart rate, their breathing rate, helps with bonding, helps with breastfeeding. Um, if for whatever reason, mum and baby get separated um, after birth, like if mum has a postpartum hemorrhage or has like a third degree tear that she needs to go to theatre to get sewn up, then like, the support person or dad can do skin to skin and they super advocate wow. <laughs> that whip your shirt off and do that because they get all of those benefits from you as well. Maybe not the breastfeeding ones, but the rest, <laughs> the rest of them they can get from you as well. Oh, good point. Yeah. Okay, um, now let's talk a little bit about post-birth, you know, like right immediately after birth. Uh, we yeah. talked a little bit about it, but what can we expect after we've done the skin-to-skin in the first breastfeed? What, what kind of happens medically if you're in a hospital situation? Yeah, so if you've had a vaginal birth, then you'll do the skin-to-skin, placenta will come out. You might have some stitches if you need them. Um, baby will do the first breastfeed, um, you will have some food to eat and a drink um, because you've just run 10,000 marathons and we need to like boost your blood sugars and everything together. Um, and then, you know, they'll make sure that your bleeding's okay. Um, for some people, their body got, body's gone to a little bit of shock after birth. Um, and so you might feel a bit sick, a bit shaky, a bit hot and cold. You might vomit, um, you know, and that kind of stuff is actually normal. Other people feel totally fine. Um, and then your baby will get, after about an hour or so, it'll get a full check. Mm -hmm. It'll, um, you know, be weighed, <clears throat> have the vitamin K injection if that's what you're choosing to do. Um, and then mum will get up and have a shower and get dressed and uh, the baby will also get dressed. Um, wow. Yeah, that's kind of like, and then you'll probably within four hours be taken to a ward or you could go home or, you know, wherever you're going to go. And I think for sometimes, especially for first-time parents, the idea of going home can be quite scary, right? Like even, even if nothing's wrong and you're fine to go home, sometimes people are a little bit worried to go home with this brand new baby, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I think that you really need to be, there's, you know, there's reasons why you need to stay in a hospital. So if your baby needs to be monitored for 24 hours or your mum needs to be monitored for 24 hours and worried about the bleeding, you know, things like that, then you'll need to stay. Um, also a really massive reason for first time mums to stay in a hospital if you're going to breastfeed is to learn to breastfeed. Yeah. So it really is a learnt experience for mums and babies. And you have someone on tap 24-7 to help you with that. Mm -hmm. And so I highly recommend that you do that and get call someone to come and help you every single feed. Yeah. You're not being annoying. That's literally their job. Because um, you're only in there for a few days and you only get that 24-7 help for such a short time. And if you want to breastfeed, then, um, you know, just get all the help while you can, can, you know, it's really, maybe um, I suggest if you can to stay in there until your milk comes in, because it's a totally different breastfeeding experience once your milk is in, it's better, better experience. <laughs> but then you be ready to go home. Yeah, I remember um, when I first had my baby, I kind of was like, what's the big deal? Breastfeeding's easy, like this is fine. And then my milk came in <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. totally different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think it's just the like, it's the on the free, on-call help that you get 24-7 that is totally worth staying for. Um, now, is there anything we haven't discussed here that you really want new parents to know in regards to labour and birth? I mean, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I trained for four years to be a midwife <laughs> and we've had a 20 minute conversation. Why but are you so passionate about um, your line of work and why did you get into it? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, yeah. Why did I get into it? I think that it's such an incredible life changing time in people's lives. And it's such an honor to be a part of um, people's journeys, wherever you are a part of it. Um, and yeah, I just really wanted to like be an advocate for people and help, help be a part of that journey and make it a really positive experience um, for parents. And um, the one thing that I would say is that if you have, if you feel like some, you know, trauma from your birthing experience, which you could have a like textbook normal vaginal birth and have heaps of trauma from that, or you could have an emergency C-section also have heaps of trauma from that there's no birthing experience that says that you won't have trauma from it but if you feel like you've got it then I really recommend that you do some very good debriefing so chat with your LMC about you know the birth like all the decisions that got made and try and understand why they happened and um, get your support person involved because lots of the time um, support people find birth a little bit more traumatic even than you might because they're the ones who are so helpless and watching it yeah. um, so things like postnatal depression are actually um, common in men as well as women so you know keeping a lookout for that but yeah get counseling if you need it like do some really good processing you're not alone um, <clears throat> you know it's just it's super important to like you know process all of this stuff with all the people keep chatting about it people love sharing their birth stories so share your birth story um yeah that's such a good point and I think it's something that is we're only recently starting to talk about yeah um I think having a newborn and you know having a young family you just kind of get on with it and you kind of push that stuff to the back of your mind um yeah. but 
yeah I think that was a really good point you said about unpacking the birth while it's still fresh so you can have expert opinion um to tell you this is why this happened this is why that happened so you're not just left wondering years later yes yeah yeah exactly yeah so the people who were there um yeah getting them to have a good debrief with you about that is super important um now grace we're going to ask all our guests the same question at the end of each episode um which is what is one thing you swore you'd never do as a parent but totally do now um we've already asked you this question on our last episode um so we asked you what you saw most often with your clients but today we're going to ask pre-baby you what is one thing you swear you'll never do as a mum? it's a very good question <laughs> putting you on the spot slightly here <laughs> I will say um, we filmed a, a first aid course with a paramedic and one of the big things that came up was feeding your children in the car. Oh. So they rear face, right, yeah. until they're like two or three years old. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to like distract them, you know, with the chucking food <laughs> at them behind you. But um, we did a whole segment on choking and choking is a silent Thing that happens so if you were driving your car you are focusing on the road and you're not fully focusing on your child in the bank and so you know it could be choking and you don't even know that it's doing that so um that is a really massive one that I will not do <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm I won't yeah. as easy as that I won't do yeah. well I guess especially since you have heard from a paramedic right just have have they just said just don't do it no just don't do it I mean you could do it if someone was like if your partner was sitting back feeding them because you could watch it you can see that they're choking having trouble breathing they're going blue you know you can you're concentrating on that situation um I think if you're driving and there's no one back there and you're just chucking food at them which I get like I get it you want them to you want them to chill out and you know be happy um but yeah I think that that is pre-baby me what I would not do I think that's a very very sensible answer all right Grace thank you so much for coming on here again we've loved having you on and I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon thank you thanks so much for having me This episode was in partnership with H&M, supporting you on your parenting journey. Thanks for listening to the Oh Baby podcast. If you've found this episode useful and encouraging, make sure to share it with your village 